glad. Yeah, y'all know the song. Y'all know the song. He lied. He ain't invented. That was God's idea. See, some of y'all, y'all, yeah, some of y'all, get them words out your head, praise God. <laughs> but sex was God's idea, and because it was God's idea, sex is also good. Married couples, talk to me. See, I want to ask married couples because I know if I ask some other people, they might respond, and I don't want them telling on themselves. <laughs> but sex is good. God intended for it to be good. He made it pleasurable. And so we're going to pick up talking about that. And we had titled this Encompassing Sex. And we hadn't had the opportunity to get there. But sex is very powerful. It is very powerful. And because it's so powerful, sex has to be encompassed. And so I'm, I don't have time to even review really, but I'm going to uh, go back to a couple of scriptures that we were talking about. We were talking about that sex is God's idea. That was our first point. And over in Genesis 2 and 7, we looked at some things there. You can go back and look. In Genesis 2 and 15, uh, we talked about God placed man in the garden. And then we talked about how sex has been distorted. Oh, yes, sex has been distorted. Culture has tried to take over what sex is all about. And now we have culture trying to redefine what sex should be based on what's popular to culture. Everything that's popular in culture may not be for a child of God. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we were talking about how it's been distorted, but I want you to listen closely. I, I think this is so interesting. Go, go over, if you would, to Genesis 2. Genesis 2. Once you get there, if you have your Bibles or a device you're using for a Bible, if you just uh, share it with your neighbor if they don't have one so that they'll be able to look on with you, and we'll be glad to do that. Then we're going to make a confession of faith. Once you get there, say amen. amen. All right, let's hold our Bibles up, our devices we're using for Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith. Say this after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I have what it says I have. Today I receive the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind's alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same as I receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, I'll never be the same. Amen. I come in agreement with your confession of faith. I come in agreement with your confession of faith. Watch this. This is how we know. This is how you and I know that the Garden of Eden was a state of perfection. This is how we know. Listen at what the Bible says in Genesis 2 and 25, verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Lord Jesus, can we get some of that? They were both naked and not ashamed. 
there's a lot of shame that comes with sex. There are a lot of married people who are uncomfortable being naked before each other. Don't get that quiet already. (laughs) Now watch this. By Genesis chapter number 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse number 6 and verse 7. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Now, as a direct result of her husband eating, watch what then transpires immediately following. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew. Everybody say they knew. They knew that they were naked. Time out. Hold on. So back up in Genesis 2 and 25, the Bible says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Do you understand that the man and his wife was naked, but because they were still pure, they stood, they had the glory of God covering them, and they didn't even know they were naked. The only way they found out they were naked was when Adam chose to disobey what God had told him. And as a result of that disobedience, the glory of God left them. And now they're looking at each other and they recognize the Bible says they knew that they were naked. Now watch this. As a result of them being naked, now they try to hide themselves. Now they try to cover themselves. Hmm. Because when you are doing things outside of the will of God, guilt and shame will show up. Guilt and shame will visit when you do things outside the will of God. And so as a result, they have disobeyed God. Guilt and shame show up. Now they're embarrassed to see each other naked. So the Bible says they sold fig leaves together trying to cover themselves. Mm -mm -mm. So watch what takes place as we go on. So we have now guilt and shame showing up. And so we talked about this. Sex is God's idea. Sex has been distorted. And here's the third point that I want you to understand. Sex links us and unites us with a person. Sex links us and unites us with a person. It is when the two people come together in the sacred act of sex, it joins you and unites you. Now, joining is not like joining a gym. Joining is not like joining a club or joining the church. No, it connects you in a very intimate way that causes two to now be one. I hope you're all listening real good right now. So when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, there was a church in Corinth that had got established, but prior to that church being established, The uh, Corinth was a city that was just wild. I mean, it was wild. You go back and read some of the history about the 
Corinth, you will find out some very interesting, very interesting things. It was, it was filled in the environment with just sexual things going on. Sex ran wild in Corinth. All types of sex. There were even priestess females who were temple prostitutes that stood and waited outside the church. My, 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 my. That waited outside the church for people to come out of church and then offer themselves to them. This is what Corinth was. And this is where the Apostle Paul had now established a church. And so many of the people that he had reached were from the culture previously. So they were accustomed to just wilding out, being, being, I mean, just so sexually illicit, it doesn't make sense. And sometimes that happens to individuals like ourselves, that God brings us out of a lifestyle that we've been accustomed to or a part of, and we think it's over just because we come out of it, but sometimes it shows up in visits. And we don't understand why we continue to struggle with because the struggle is real. The struggle is real. And so when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he had to address all the wild sexual escapades that had been taking place in that culture prior to the church being established. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 16, very interesting things of scripture that is communicated. In verse number 16, or do you not know that he who is joined, everybody say joined, united, one, connected. Everyone that is, who is joined to a harlot is one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Pastor, what are you saying? If you are joined or glued together through sex, you are joined physically through the sexual act. Watch this. You're joined emotionally through intimacy and spiritually through covenant, which makes sex a tri-dimensional experience. Spirit, soul, and body. So we understand that sex is when, uh, when a husband and wife come together in their covenant of marriage. Remember, we shared with you, the wedding, that's for us. The exchange of rings, that's for us. The beautiful attire that they wear, that's all for us. The only part that God is involved in is when the husband and wife come together and have sex. That's for him. That's for his glory. All the other stuff is for you. You guys did see on the screen that this is PG-13. So, so listen, in advance, if, if, if pastor is going to be informing your children of things that you may not have prepared them for, I'm grace, praise God. But I do have to give some straight talk to some uh, teens and above, praise God. For understanding. 
Watch this. So Paul decides he's going to cast a wider net in regards to sex by using the word fornication. Fornication is the Greek word called pornea, where we get the English word pornography. Where we get this whole big world that's been created over billions of dollar industry called porno. From the Greek word, pornea. But everything sexual, listen to me, does not always have to deal with pornography. Are you with me? So Paul's net was larger than that. It was just illicit sexual acts. That's what pornea was about. It was illicit sexual acts. The medical definition of sex, and I think this is important because some people have never had sex defined for them so that they understand. But the medical definition of sex is hand to genitalia, genitalia to genitalia, and mouth to genitalia. Now, if you are not sure what genitalia is, praise God, ask Pastor Candy after and she'll be able to communicate that to you. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Raise your hand, Pastor Candy, so they know who you are. Praise God. Amen. Speak to Pastor Candy after she'll be able to share, break it down for you. So, yeah. <laughs> Listen real closely. So every time you decide to sleep with another person, of the opposite sex or same sex. You are saying, I do to them, even though you didn't. Every time you have laid down sexually with another person, you were saying, I do, just like in marriage. Because that is what makes you one. The two shall now be one flesh. How many of us have been married numerous of times? Oh, come on now. How many of us have been married numerous of times and we really didn't want to be? This is not a game that the world has turned this into as though this is just something that you should just be free to do whenever you want to. I'm telling you, it costs you a whole lot. It costs a whole lot. There usually are concerns about pregnancy. I, I, I know I remember being in church. and The only thing I remember hearing talked about in church when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, growing up, 15, 16, 17. The only thing, I, you don't need to do it. You might get somebody pregnant or for a lady, you might get pregnant. That was all, that was all you heard. That's all the Bible got to say about it. You don't need to do it. You might get somebody pregnant or they might get pregnant. Now, that leaves way too much room for people to be curious. 
Because what happens if you get involved in it and then they don't get pregnant? They lied to me. Some, some of you grew up in, in, in families or in church where they told you, don't kiss her, you'll get her pregnant. <laughs> and then you had that first kiss. And she wasn't pregnant. Oh, oh, what else they lie about? Listen, listen to me. So usually we're concerned about pregnancy. Sometimes people get concerned about STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. But no one seems to be concerned about sexually transmitted demons. That's a STD as well. Because you don't understand that every time you have sex with an individual and you do not know who they have had sex with, you are sleeping with everything they slept with and every demon that has passed through that exchange of sex has now passed to you and you wondering why you at home about to go crazy. Because now you are being attacked by demons that you didn't understand could pass through sexual exchange. How many of you have heard of a soul tie? Soul ties. Soul ties do not just come through sexual acts. Soul ties happen when you are on the phone too late at night with each other. And now your souls get intermingled. But when you cross the line and you go from the conversation, because you know it usually starts in conversation. If you keep talking to him after 11 and 12, eventually sex going to come up. Might not come up first time, might not come up the third time. But eventually, what was your sexual life like? Hallelujah. I believe you, praise God. They can't say nothing, baby. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you cross that line of now going past the conversation piece to now getting involved in sexual exchange, what you don't realize is you form a cord. And the demons travel on the cord that you now form. So everywhere you've gone, because you were told you need to sow your wild oats, Everybody you've laid with, demons are traveling. And every person they go lay with, demons are traveling. And we don't even realize how serious this is. Just, just take them out for a little bit. Take them out for a little bit. It'll be okay. Bring him back. Take him to the nursery and bring him back. Because I need his amen. Because ain't too many people saying amen. Yeah, take him to the nursery, get him right so he can come on back and help pastor. <laughs> Don't nobody else want to help me for this. So this is important, guys. Soul ties are connections that we make where you are co-united to everything that everybody else have been united with. 
And see, it's not communicated to us that each time we hook up, have a one-night stand with someone, or we're just smashing, that we are spending things like our emotions, intimacy, and spiritual connections that was meant for our spouse. And now you mess around and you get married and you're trying to access something for your spouse that you done gave away to everybody else. And now you wonder why you can't please your spouse is because you done tried to please everything else that was before you. And now you got to go to marriage counseling because nobody's happy in the bed. And it's a shame because married people get married and then they have a right to have sex and they don't. The devil is a lie. Now you have the right to have, and you're not having sex. It sure is quiet in Zion, praise God. It's quiet in IFWC this morning. Mm -hmm. See, God had his own way of things being done. Listen at this. God's plan for unity was one God, one man, one woman, one marriage, one sex partner, one flesh, one lifetime, which would give one picture. And because you and I know that there is a very real enemy, he is very real, he likes to counterfeit anything that God establishes. And he does the very same thing with sex. Ah, my, my, my. Mm-hmm. So he does anything he can to just distort it. So now he says you can have multiple wives. You can do it to yourself. Ladies, you don't even need a man. Sure, two men or two women can get together. These are all forms of distortions that the enemy now uses and has made readily available for people. And it is a counterfeit to what God had established. Watch this. There is only one picture in the earth realm that will give us a display or a glimpse into what heaven will really be like, and that is a marriage. Because you and I become a part of the bride of Christ. You won't fully comprehend why marriage is so important in earth, and this is why marriage is fought so hard by the devil, because he wants to distort the whole picture of you and I being with him in glory. So he wants to pervert it every way possible. Are you guys hearing me? Here, listen to me. Some people think, the next point, some people think that you can exchange sex for intimacy. Young ladies tell themselves all the time, maybe if I give him some, then he'll feel closer to me. 
not understanding. I, I apologize. That's not just young ladies. That's grown women. Grown women, older women, do it as well. Nah. I'll tell you why they do it. I'll tell you why they do it. It's no secret. It's, it, it's stuff you know you, you don't even realize. But we oftentimes think that if I do this, and, and ladies, let me, let me, guys, don't get mad at me, but I'm going to tell the ladies some of the tr- secrets, some of the trades. I'm going to tell it. Um, listen, listen to me now. Listen. When he know you a thirst trap. When he know you are desperate for a situation. Oh, don't y'all look at me like that. Some of of y'all that's looking. (laughs) But when a guy knows that you're thirsty like that, he will just wait for the time that you're going to make yourself readily available for him. Please forgive me, but that's when he decides, I think I'll drink to that. She's thirsty. She's thirsty. So I already know. Don't even have to work. Got it. She's thirsty. And she think just because I'm going to be with her today that I'm going to stick around in a month. Ladies, guys know that. Guys know that stuff. They know that. And they will use it against you. Won't talk to you for the next three days. Then call you on the next week. Because he know you thirsty. You make yourself after after you mad, upset, you ain't talked to me for three days. And he gets you beyond that. Girl, I know, girl, I know. I I messed up. Bam. Because you think you can exchange sex for intimacy. Can I tell you something? Intimacy happens with your clothes on. See see how I can only get three or four claps? Because people don't really believe that. No. Intimacy happens when you, uh, they don't believe that. Intimacy happens with your clothes on making eye contact. I can be all the way over here. All the way over here. And I spot that girl all the way over there. I spot that girl all. We just made an exchange of intimacy. We made an exchange of intimacy. Watch this. And we don't have to take our clothes off to have the intimate moment. It's one thing if you go from intimacy to sex. 
But it's another thing to start with sex and think it's going to bring you intimacy. So we believe that we can do this thing and have it our way. Our way. And then we wonder why they don't stay around. And you don't even understand that the reason you still got him on your brain and it's been five months. You can't even go to sleep without thinking about that time. And you still alone. Until the next available man find you thirsty. Is this okay? Next, next thing I need you to know is that <laughs> sex must be encompassed with marriage. You don't have to like it, but it's the Bible. It must be encompassed with marriage. It's so important. Let me show you how powerful sex is. You guys have my first picture up there? You have my first picture? I have a picture that I want to show you. Look at this. Here's a great, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of thousands a body of water that has to be confined by a barrier. But if you take the barrier away from the water, can I get that next picture? This is what water that's not confined will do to a whole city. Remember Katrina? This is what can happen when water is not confined. Watch this. When the dam breaks that was built to confine it, and now the dam has been broken, and now the water flows into the city, and it's now demolishing everything around. Can I get that next picture? This is what happens when you don't have sex encompassed in marriage. It becomes a flood in the lives of people. Can I get that next picture? Is there another picture there? That was the, watch this. This picture here, 13 years after Katrina, there are still places in New Orleans that you can go and you can see the residue, the effect of what Katrina did 13 years later. When sex is not encompassed in marriage, 
See, you think it only happens for the night, and you don't even understand that more than 13, 20, and 25 years later, there's still residue that's still doing damage to the destiny and the life of the individual. It must be encompassed with marriage. That's the way that God ordained it. That's the way that God desired it. And you and I have to find ourselves, we have to make sure that we are in agreement with what God says. If you would, go to Mark chapter, go to Mark chapter number uh, 10. Mark chapter number 10. Sex is very powerful, and it can do great damage in the lives of people. And we have people who does not have sex encompassed in marriage. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But Pastor, you said it's good. It's good in the context when it's encompassed in marriage. But when you are having it outside of marriage, it's just like a luscious fruit hanging from a tree that you're not supposed to have. And you choose to become just like Adam. And look what it cost us. In Mark chapter number 10, in verse, verse number 6, and please know, please know, pastor is not having this conversation because we've been in this series, Relationship Management. I'm not having this conversation to condemn anybody or shame anybody. There ain't enough sex on the planet that you could have that could cause you not to receive the love of God. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? God's love still can reach us. In Mark chapter 10, in verse number 6, it says, but from the beginning, everybody say from the beginning. Come on, everybody say it, from the beginning. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So I don't care what they try to come up with in culture. They can't change what God made from the beginning. And if they didn't make it, if they didn't come up with it, they can't identify it. Well, they said it's all right for, for me to have a girlfriend. They said it's all right for me to have a boyfriend. They didn't come up with it. They didn't create it, so they can't identify it. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The truth is, a man should only leave his father and mother when he gets married. Hmm. Watch this. And the two shall become one flesh... So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. I think it's so amazing that God knows everything about us. He knows your urges. He knows your itch. He knows how to scratch. Come on, y'all. God knows everything about you and I, and he knows the things that you need and don't need. So it's important for you. It's important for you. It's important for me. That we remember what it is that God has to say. Go, go back, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. 
The Bible is very, very clear on the picture it wants to paint for us and wants us to understand. Ooh, I got some good news for you. Got good news for you. In 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, in verse number nine. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Hmm. Do not be deceived. Watch this. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivals, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. <laughs> the Bible says, don't be deceived, don't fool yourself. You were some of this stuff before. Oh, see, see how holy and righteous we are? Don't be deceived. Don't fool yourself. Don't act like you don't know where you come from, really. Don't act like you don't have a real testimony of how God really redeemed you. Mm -hmm. What the Bible begins to let us know, watch this. Apostle Paul says, verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I'm not going to allow anything to rule me other than Jesus himself. This is important because sometimes we forget what we used to do. And then we judge others by what they're doing. This is how you know you have matured in Christ when you're not asking people if this, is this sin? You know you maturing when you don't have to even ask anybody. Is this sin? Mm -hmm. And this is why sex has to be encompassed because it's so powerful. It has to be controlled and so that it can bring God glory. <laughs> now, if it's not controlled, it can be very destructive to people's lives, and it can be destructive for a long time. Go to Romans chapter 6 and verse number 13. Noel, can you get my key? In Romans chapter 6 and verse number 13. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. First, I'll read it from New King James. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Listen at verse 13 from the New Living Translation. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. If you don't give your body over to God 
then you will find yourself always living with chains wrapped around you. Yes, sir. And you will be living a life, walking around in life with chains on you. And you don't realize that the chains are preventing you from getting to the destiny and the future that God has already prepared for you. And every time you try to reach for it, the chains that you are wrapped in will all of a sudden pull on you and pull you back to what you was most familiar with. Tell your neighbor, do not be chained to it. Tell the person on the other side, do not be chained to it. Some of us are walking around with dead chains wrapped around our lives that's been a part of our lives for years from our history with people that we've been involved with. That's why everybody can't be in your future. Forgetting those things that are behind. I press. I press. It's only in me pressing toward the mark will I get myself loose from the chains so that used to hold me. But if I yield to it, because it's not happening as fast as I want it to, it's not going the way I thought it should, I'll continuously get caught by the chain. And the chain will just hook me. The chain will just hook me up and lock my life. And I only have the chain wrapped here. But what if the chain wrapped your whole self? And you just enslaved to this thing called sex. Because they said you can have it your way. Whenever you want it. And people don't even realize the bondage that they are in. They're in a worse prison than people who are really locked up. Come on, tell, tell your neighbor, it's got to loose me and let me go. I said this to you in... I want you to understand it. Sex cannot keep you from the love of God. There's no amount of sexual sin from your past, nor your present, or even in the future that can stop God's love for you. God can make all things new. I said God can make all things new. Some of you may be here today, and I know some of you are in the room, and you're dealing with the guilt and shame of sexual sins. Maybe you were molested or abused, and that sent your life haywire. Maybe you have soul ties that have not been broken because you're still connected to them. I believe the grace of Jesus is available today to break every yoke and snare. Sexual impurity opens the door to all other spirits. It opens the door to all other spirits in our lives. 
God created sex to be good. God created you and I to be good. But what we have been doing with this thing is not good. It's not good. This life we've been living has not been good, and it has not glorified God. Some of us need to let pornography go. Some of us need to let sexting go. Some of us need to stop sliding up in DMs. You know you don't want people to check your phone. I'm not just talking to young people. You think you, because you've grown, you pay bills, that you have a right to cheap thrills. Not just young people. Watch this. Some people need to let go of those late night calls that start off okay, but then they go unhealthy. Stop joining to people without a covenant. You need to let it go and let God have it. Watch this. If you can't get sexually pure for you, if you can't do this for you, then how about doing it for your children? How about doing it for your children's children? How about for your children's children, children? If you can't do it for you, how about doing it for them? It's worth it. Let me show you why it's so worth it. See, see we think there, there are two words that you have to become familiar with, and that's transgression and iniquity. Everybody say transgression, transgression. and iniquity. Some of us don't even realize that we're not wrestling with our own demons, we're wrestling with demons that came before us, generations that went before us. Mama them, daddy them, grandmama them, granddaddy them, great-granddaddy them, great-grandmama. Come on, you didn't just show up and turn to a hoe. If you just stop tripping and really look down the lineage of your life, you'll find a distinct pattern. Why you think there were so many kids born in the family and we all got different names? Didn't just show up when you got here. Everybody say transgression. Say iniquity. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 5. If you can't do it for you, do it for your children, their children, and their children. Do it for them. Get free for them. So they don't have to contend with who's going to stand up and say, enough is enough in our family line. See, I don't have to talk about you. I can talk about me in my own family lineage. I can remember, remember it so well. My oldest brother, my oldest brother, his wife asking me, Reg, don't, don't you be like everybody else. 
And I can remember looking back through my family lineage. And we have a deep lineage that's been traced, documented on paper. And I can remember every man, every man, my father, not just on my father's side, on my mother's side, her father, his father, and his father, and his father, all had children out of wedlock. And then every one of my brothers, and then me. Everybody say, it's a pattern. And if you don't stop the pattern, it will continue with your children and their children and their children. See, you think it's all just about you because you think, well, if I'm just doing this myself, if I'm just taking care of myself, that ain't affecting nobody. You're releasing a spirit that's going to visit your children. You don't think it's hurting anybody because it's you. You sitting there in the bathroom with the pictures you've taken in your mind. Or the ones you got on your phone in the bathroom with you. And you think, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not hurting nobody. Are you hearing me? Deuteronomy chapter number 5, verse number 9. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. There are things, guys, that happen in our lives that visits not just the third but up to the fourth generation. Everybody say transgression. A transgression is an infringement or violation of a law, a command, or duty. It's very similar to trespass. Do not trespass. So when you step over on the property that says do not trespass and you get off and come back across, you transgress. That's a transgression. Transgressions are external situations. They happen externally. We can see behaviors. Sometimes we only look at the external behaviors and identify that this is a transgression, those things that happen outwardly. But iniquity, iniquity is the thing that is in the heart. Jesus said, if you even look at a woman wrongly, you might as well have sex with her. Because iniquity deals with the motivation and the stuff that's in the heart. It's internally. And unfortunately, the church sometimes just look at the outward expressions of fornication, abortion, molestation, which could be the fruit. Yet there are things going on the inside, which is the root. Many of our ha families have had secrets. I said many of our families have had secrets. Stuff that happens in the family and nobody talked about it. And that stuff just passes on through family lines and family lineages. Mm. I'm asking you, take a real look at things in your family line and find out if there are patterns there that needs to be addressed. Listen, those homosexual and lesbian tendencies didn't just start. It was aroused in you. 
It was aroused in you. But I got good news. Last scripture. Last scripture. Go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Everybody can't handle this kind of word. Because everybody don't like taking a real look. But I'm thinking, man, God has a real, real amazing sense of humor. Here, I thought I was going to be ministering this on last week, but God had it set up where, nope, you're going to do that the last Sunday of the year so we can have some breakthroughs. Watch this. Are you in Isaiah 53? Listen to the word of God. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions outwardly. Jesus took some stripes upon himself physically, wounded for our transgressions. Not because he had transgressed, but because you and I had transgressed. He was wounded for our transgressions outside. He was bruised. Come on. When you are bruised, a bruise starts on the inside. Internally, he was beaten externally, and then he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by his stripes, by the transgressions, by the beating that he took, by the bruise that he received, you and I are healed. I am healed. I am being healed, and I will be healed. He's already paid the price. Why crucify him again? Why make him have to get on the cross again for things we refuse to let go of? I want you to know, young ladies, daughters, you better know this. He may be a good knight, but he probably a terrible legacy. And sometimes, sometimes people try to make you feel uh, a type of way because you say you're a virgin. <sighs> and they'll try to make you feel condemn that you are a virgin and like you're missing out on something girl you don't know girl you don't know what you're going to experience boy you're going to have to get you're going to have to get you some they make it seem like it's such an amazing deal and they don't even have a clue they don't even realize that you don't have to test drive the vehicle ah mm-hmm because they don't realize that because they choose to continue to lay down with people, all you're doing is purchasing a used vehicle that's got high mileage, and when it breaks down, baby, you ain't going to be able to ride no more. But because I choose to save myself, somebody is going to get a drop-top convertible with zero miles on it. Which vehicle you want to purchase? 
Can you stand on your feet? Can you stand on your feet? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Did you get on anything out of this word? <laughs>